Welcome to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency so there is time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-hosts, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. Welcome to episode 27 of the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Painter, with my co-host, Mark Painter and Dr. Ray Painter. And today what we're going to discuss is some of the things that we've learned and the nuances uh, of the new ENM 2021 guidelines. These are some things that we picked up in our workshops that we've had that we've uh, had recently, and we want to share those with you so you can um, begin thinking about it because as a group, we can really figure out how to best adapt to the new ENM 2021 guidelines. And there are uh, there are a lot of changes. And as a group in the workshop, looked at it as there's there's a lot of positives that are coming with these changes. And, you know, you got to be ready for what's happening and the nuances that we'll share today will kind of illustrate how, wh- how and why you need to really understand the rules. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Mark and he's got a, a story to share or at least a, a observation from uh, from the latest workshops. Yeah, thanks Scott. Yeah, it's been interesting. We've now done um, three full three-hour workshops where we explored um, the rules and the nuances for the new E&M codes um, and actually we did four of those um, and um, we have also done a few other presentations for some individual groups. Um, so it's been very interesting for me um, as we go through each one of these to to watch um, what the difference is between the what we say, what we read, and what avenues everybody runs down. So, and 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 then we've also taken a few runs at trying to apply the new rules to some of our old audits um, that we did across the board and and some of the lessons we learned in those things. So I'm gonna just run through a few different things. So one of the things that we ran up against um, was vasectomy coding. So um, under the the old rules or the existing rules, um, I would say that we had a pretty uh, decent split between practices that build a, a level two visit for every vasectomy consult um, and uh, those who build level four. Um, and there were def- definitely varying arguments as to why it was a, a two, a three, or a four, and there were some, a few threes, but twos and fours were most common. A lot of it hinged on history and physical, which in the new system, uh, all, all that's required is an appropriate medical history and physical exam. So that no longer becomes part of the argument. And we move now to medical decision making. And um, ultimately, when you look at the new guidelines, um, what the one of the presenting problems or the complexity of a problem that is there is uh, a new uh, or uh, a recent um, uh, onset that has uh, of, a, of a problem that has really no long-term effects um, 
uh, on the patient overall from the treatment um, and what's going forward. And, and as we started talking about that, and that's really kind of where we put the vasectomy consult. I mean, that, that's a problem that um, can be rectified, and, you know, as far as that's concerned. Uh, when we started the discussion across the board um, with under the new rules, uh, we, we were looking at where does it fit in the presenting problem category? Because I think all of us agree that a vasectomy from a risk standpoint is at least a three, um, maybe a four uh, in the overall process because it's a minor surgery with limited risk factors or no risk factors based on the fact that most of these individuals are healthy young men. Um, so, as we were going through the discussion, trying to categorize it in the uh, complexity of pro uh, the number of complexity of problems, what we what we started with was the definitions, and there were a number. It's you know we felt that it clearly wasn't a self-limiting or minor problem, um, but that it was a problem um, that really was uh, probably. Uh, fit into the category of a problem that uh, the solution did not have any long-term risks of morbidity, but it did require attention to actually change the situation. Um, but as we were going through that discussion, there were a couple of folks that were arguing that no, in fact, fertility is a chronic illness with severe exacerbation because they already had three kids and they couldn't afford to have another one. Um, <laughs> So, so but some of the nuances there as we were trying to go through all this stuff really kind of laid out that understanding um, both the intention of where we were um, and the interpretation of the rules and how to apply those, um, yes, I think there are probably ways that most urologists and APPs and, in fact, some of our, our a number of our auditors um, – can find very creative ways to make a disease process fit a particular example. And for another one I had was a discussion on prostate cancer um, where basically one of the physicians said, hey, every prostate cancer is a four then. Um, and, you know, when, when you go back and you look at the nuances that are there, you know, you have prostate cancer that is really much more of a stable chronic illness, which would probably put it into a three. You have prostate cancer that's clearly progressing that might put it into a four. And you have prostate cancer that is, is severely progressed or they're having significant side effects and those patients need to be hospitalized and dealt with right away with um, exacerbation to their bones and metastases that may put that into a five. So, um, there are a lot of nuances as we go through this, and what we found in our seminars is that, yes, understanding the foundation um, as we run through this is important, but probably more important are the discussions that we were able to have afterwards um, and really run through scenarios and applications and having physicians and auditors in our discussions across the board uh, really helped because in the end, we've been telling everybody this for years, that if you didn't document it, it wasn't uh, really something that you can communicate going forward. We used to say in the beginning, if you didn't document it, it wasn't done. 
But we kind of backed off on that because basically if it wasn't documented, it really means that you can't charge for it in the way that you may have thought you could. Um, so if, you're, if, if you understand the foundational issues and then you understand the nuances of what needs to be done, you can now move towards documentation that can support the level of service that you really provided. But you do have to figure out how to communicate the problems that you're dealing with. Same thing happens with data. Um, you know, we've got a number of cases where I've recently been involved in arguments with uh, a number of different payers for take backs. And um, one of the nuances of data that the, the payer said was just reporting the data in the ENM note didn't mean it applied to medical decision making. You're getting paid to produce that data. So the fact that the UA was negative, how do I know how you use that in medical decision making? So running through some of those discussions on where data fits and how to document it is another piece of what we spend a lot of time with in this that I think uh, in the end will help a lot in moving forward. And when you consider the fact that at least at the present time, the ENM codes are going up in value and a number of your other services are not or they are going down in value. Um, understanding how to bill appropriately for each of your ENM services is going to be key. And the more that the physician community and urologists understand and can define the overall intention of what CPT is and how it applies to urology, the better off we're going to be as we start moving into the phase when all the payers start trying to interpret the rules and drive things drive things south. Um, so I think that you know really getting everything in, we've got an opportunity with a new system to once again drive. Um, I think that's what the AMA was really trying to do is to pull back from their current system, which had a layer of documentation guidelines put in by Medicare and the payers um, to a system where they were driving some of the rules more on a clinical side and from a physician side. And if we can get to the point where uh, our offices and our understanding is better than theirs, which we have the opportunity to do, then we have the chance once again to start driving the system. Um, and when you couple that with the changes relative to the history and physical exam requirements and can turn and really focus on good patient care and not all this administrivia related to the review of systems and all the other stuff that we had to track and counting bullets for a eight point physical exam, you know, now we've got a, another place that not only can we uh, focus our documentation into good patient care, um, but we can also save some time in the process. And, you know, saving that time, found time is gold. I mean, you can save money, you can earn more money, but you can't save time, nor can you earn time. Time just continues to march on. But if you use your time more efficiently, and you can do this with this new system, you can either, you know, use it to do other things in your office, um, do a better job of tracking drugs and all the other things that potentially are money losers. Um, or 
uh, you may be able to see more patients. Um, and you can certainly lighten the load on your supporting staff and make your live a lot, lives a lot better with your, uh, and it was interesting, I was talking the other day to a group of IT folks, with your carbon assets, that would be your people. Um, because they, they were, of course, were focused on computers. So, so taking a look at all that, um, yes, use your IT and, and, and being able to do that is going to be important. And those are some of the things that we're going to be exploring in depth in our, 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 our advanced seminar. Um, we're going to uh, set aside a big chunk of time within the advanced seminar to really dive deep into the evaluation and management code changes. Um, and we think some of those will expand as well into maybe taking a look at other systems that you can uh, address with your patient collections and, and your, your prior authorizations and all the other things that surround this to really kind of hone in on, on building office efficiency by taking advantage of changes that are coming down with evaluation and management code. So I'm, I'm really excited about that um, and what we're going to do. And for those of you who didn't join us on our E&M seminars, um, we do are going to have some additional follow-up available um, that will that that you can join us to really look at some of these interpretation of these nuances to as you move forward build your practice better. And I I think uh, you know one of the other things that uh, Ray had brought up that I thought was very interesting is it's kind of a back to the future type situation. So you want to explain what you meant by that, Ray? Yes. Uh, having been one of those that had the dubious honor of practicing prior to the documentation lines and the new Medicare rules surrounding all of this, I am really excited about the moving into the new system in 2021. Uh, it's uh, when you're not having to document history and physical for payment purposes, you're really documenting only what you need to uh, in order to do good patient care. You can really focus on the patient. And, and the medical decision making is actually uh, a little more detailed than what we had to deal with back in the old days. But I can tell you, your time on documentation should be significantly less because you're only dealing with patient care and what you're doing for the patient. And that's so much easier to deal with as far as organizing and documenting. You're almost going back to the old soap note of the old days. But what it does mean is you as a physician have to really understand the nuances of medical decision making because as payers have re, have demanded there is a firewall that's built in between each one of the different levels of codes and you have to understand exactly what those are in order to document completely so the opportunity there is to make major changes in how you collect data and how you document and understanding the charges is going to be easy as long as you truly understand it. 
several podcasts ago, I mentioned a joke in which I've told at many of our seminars in which it's important that you see the light. And I promised to retell it. So here is the joke. There's a urologist seeing an 85-year-old patient who has cancer of the prostate, doing great. All the, the PSA, rectal exam are normal, but he wants to sit down and have a little more conversation because this man's son is the urologist's best friend. So he sat down and was asking him a bunch of things. Well, how are you doing as far as urination? Do you have to get up at night? And the gentleman said, yes, I get up three times a night, but it's okay. God turns the light on for me. And the urologist thought for a minute and said, man, I'm not going to go there. So he let it go. But the next night at the cocktail party, he caught his friend and said, hey, I need to talk to you. He said, to start with, your dad's doing great. See, the prostate is all stable, non-active. But have you noticed anything unusual, any uh, delusions of grandeur or anything? The son said, no, why? He said, well, I asked your dad, was he getting up at night? And the dad said, yes, but God turns the light on for him and it's okay. And the son said, oh, no. Dad's peeing in the refrigerator again. <laughs> So the bottom line, you need to see the light. You need to understand the nuances and learn it. And if you do, your income is going to be greater. Your take backs are going to be less and you're going to save time with the new system. All right. Well, thank you for that. And uh, we uh, I want to ask Mark one question because uh, we've had this question is, what, is it, what are the differences that are going to be between the workshop and the urology advanced coding and reimbursement seminar as far as the E&M goes? Do they, do they need both? What is, what's kind of the differences? And so, um, so we are going to have to, we're in, the, in, the, in the seminar, we are going to go back over the foundational issues of evaluation and management coding like we did in the E&M workshop. Um, so it, we need to get everybody who didn't attend the workshop that foundational experience. Um, but I will tell you that because of what we've learned from the workshops, um, we are likely going to, we're going to change out a few of the scenarios, explore those a little bit more, um, and spend some time on those scenarios and some of the documentation flow um, that that we we gathered from all of those workshops. Um, so, from that standpoint, there's going to be um, more discussion on the application of the foundation with a significant time spent on those scenarios um, that will provide different discussions. And and then this, the so from that standpoint, there's there's a lot that is there. There are a number of things that are the same. But at the same time, I will have to tell you, having gone through four different workshops, um, that the nuances in the discussion as we've gone through that have always brought more clarity to the interpretation that we're bringing to the table. And um, I think it's a lot like 
what we've seen year over year as we've taught evaluation and management coding. Um, there, th that reinforcement and that rediscussion and that refinement relative to what those uh, definitions are and how they're going to be um, interpreted um, do progress your learning. And so it is a little bit of repetition, but I think it's good repetition. And then, of course, you've also got the advantage in the in the full seminar of being able to talk a little bit more of the evaluation and management rules in context of the modifiers, which is another place that we're going to need to go. You know, how do the how do the new rules apply in more detail with the relative to modifier 25 or modifier 57 or modifier 24? Because remember, in the UACRS, the 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 full blown seminar, we're not just talking about ENM. We're putting ENM in context of the office flow. So um, making sure that you understand all of those things and the modifiers and the modifier use are things we did not cover in detail at all in the workshops. So um, it, it'll give you a little bit more of a, a little bit more of exposure to the foundation and some of the additional interpretations we count we came in, but it's also going to be able to give you the application of the rules and regulations of modifiers and how we can look at ENM codes in relation to the full practice of urology, not just in the, e, the evaluation and management code. All right. Well, we hope uh, we hope you all join us for the Urology Advanced Coding and Reimbursement Seminar, where we can explore more of the CNM 2021 uh, nuances and really roll up our sleeves and apply it to the whole picture the modifiers and and all that so practice management flow and exploring what you can do with check-in and all those things i think that's that's gonna be important to take a look at it it really is a foundational change that that may allow you to to make some shifts in your practice across the board very good anything else to add to uh this discussion uh no i just like to emphasize again having been there I can assure you that you can modify your practice for the better and save time with the new system. Mark, last word yours. We look forward to seeing everybody in December. We'd love to have a large group, um, full discussion, and uh, and really share uh, about how we, we venture into this new frontier together. Um, like I said, I think we're in a point to drive the bus. Let's jump in and go. Happy coding to all. Thank you for listening to the Urology Coding and Reimbursement Podcast, where we help urologists and staff achieve peak economic and practice efficiency so there's time and energy to focus on patient care and a happy life. Special thanks to Carl Painter for the music today. You can find his music under his record label, The Juicery, with extra pulp and special guests.